everybody. Arrowhead Live here. I'm Grant, and I'm Ori Wen. Uh, so today we're just going to be uh, introducing ourselves um, and then going over some normal Chiefs uh, topics uh, for this time of the year. Um, uh, first off, as I said, I'm Grant Morse. Uh, I actually live in Arlington, Texas. I've been a Chiefs fan pretty much whole my all my life. Um, I was born in Independence, Missouri, uh, and then my dad took a job down here uh, in Texas whenever I was young. We moved down here, and I've lived here for the rest of my life. Um, I attend UTA, which is uh, the University of Texas at Arlington. Um, it's actually about an hour and a half, two hours from Patrick Mahomes' hometown. Uh, so he's actually living in the area right now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, awesome. tra- training in Dallas. So, and uh, tell us about yourself, Ari. All right, like I said, my name is Ori Wynn. Um, I am from Fort Madison, Iowa, which is pretty much as far southeast Iowa as you can go. Um, I became a Chiefs fan because my, my dad pretty much raised me a Chiefs fan. There was really not going to be any other way. Um, he brought me home in a Chiefs onesie. There was really, there was really no <laughs> going back at that point. So we usually try to make it up to one game a year, and uh, it's it's a really good time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, I'm also and I, right now. I'm going to the University of Iowa, so uh, with a sports and recreation management degree. Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we try. We definitely try to. It's a little bit farther for us down here in Texas, but we definitely try to make it up for a game or two a year and uh, maybe training camp. So, yeah, how far, uh, how far is it to come up here? Uh, it's about eight, eight and a half hours. And so, I mean, it's not it's not too bad, but... It's not, it's uh, not terrible. It's, about, it's still around, still double the time that, that we have to go, though. It's like four, it's like four, and, a, it's like four and a half to get from, uh, from Iowa City to Kansas City. It's not that yeah. bad, though. Yeah, definitely, definitely a manageable manageable drive from yeah, here sure. all right now the moment you guys have all been waiting for uh we were giving away two free t-shirts from mahomes15.com which is patrick mahomes new uh apparel website um you know some people haven't even had the opportunity to buy these shirts yet because you know they're still in production uh, i got mine pretty early and I'm telling you what, they are awesome. My girl got my girlfriend one too, and she loves it. Um, so our first winner is Sharon at Sharon O eight two four two. At Sharon O eight two four two. She's our first winner. Our second winner is Nick Crabtree at NJC Four Chiefs. Nick Crabtree. Congratulations to you guys. Um, and whenever we're done recording here, we will send over a direct message on your Twitter, uh, grabbing y'all's uh, shirt size and what style you guys want. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Now, let's get uh, into the mailbag. We sent out a tweet uh, Wednesday night, I believe, um, yeah, just asking a, asking a few questions uh, from the fans and told you guys we'd pick a few. So uh, the first one's from Andrew Usher. Uh, says break down the Chiefs' draft options, um, and then give your thoughts on Robert Kraft situation. Uh, so first, 
with the Chiefs draft options. Ari, what do you what do you think uh, the top three needs are for the um, I'd say in a linebacker the linebacker position. I think we need a good inside linebacker. I'd say that we need cornerbacks really badly, and not maybe for. I, we really need cornerbacks. The top, my top pick, if I could have any quarterback, would be DeAndre Baker. I, I think he's sure, going to be a stud. Sure. Uh, for for linebacker, I don't know. I go back and forth. What, who who would you take a linebacker? Well, I mean, I think I think Hitchens. Since we're switching to the four three, I think Hitchens is a shoe in for uh, yeah. the middle linebacker position. Uh, it's also called the Mike. So I don't know if a, you guys see these positions out there. Um, Middle linebacker, Mike, uh, WLB stands for Will Linebacker. He's typically a smaller guy um, yep. that can cover, especially in SPAG's system. Um, and then the Sam linebacker, which is SLB, um, he's typically a bigger guy. Uh, covers a little bit, um, but he's primarily there uh, for situational pass rushing and to be a stout run defender. Uh, and you really need a guy that is a terrific stack and shed rush edge guy um yeah. he needs to be able to pick up the blocks from usually the right tackle maybe the left tackle depending on uh how they have the formation set up um he's got to stack and shed those blocks to uh take on the running back um, because he's you know he's the basically the primary run defender outside of the tackles um so, how do you feel you know, about Raglan then? Uh, I don't think Raglan is athletic enough. You know, I don't. He he might be big enough to uh to do that job, but we haven't really seen much of Raglan, um, over the past couple of years. You know, he he was playing on the inside in 2017, and then I have no idea what happened to the linebackers in 2018. I mean, I had I had such high hopes for, for Hitchens and Raglan, and they were huge letdowns. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching, though. I think that I think that they both have potential to be better, and I think that they will, if, they, <clears throat> if they're both starting this year, I think that they will be better. I don't know that Raglan will be, uh, but I think, I, I think that this year... They would definitely, with the with the new, you know, defensive coordinator coming in. I think that right. that'll change. We'll see an improvement to them, but I don't know if the, if Ragland's the answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at worst case scenario, he's the backup middle linebacker yeah. behind Hitchens, and we have no worries. Uh, but I think I think Dorian O'Daniel is a great option for the Mike, or for the uh, for the Will linebacker position, and then the big hole at linebacker is a Sam. Uh, and we, I mean, that's, that's one of the main positions we need to target. So I'd yep. say Sam linebacker, uh, you know, depending on what we do with Barry, we definitely need to grab a safety in either free agency or the draft. Um, and then obviously cornerback. So, uh, going into the thoughts on Robert Kraft Ari, what do you think about that whole situation? Uh, so, I mean, the Patriots always have their share of drama, like just like, uh, it's just I I think that he'll I think that he'll get off like I mean what <laughs> I I mean he already did technically I think that he will I don't I don't think he'll get in too much trouble just because 
they always seem to find a way to get out of things, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, they definitely do. I think that he should be suspended. I think that he should be forced to step down as the owner. I don't know that he will be. That's just my personal opinion about it. I think that when you when you're, I don't know. I think that when you are that big of a name, you have to know how. How are you not smarter than that than getting involved oh, yeah. like that? They've got to hold themselves to a higher standard. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I don't know. You know that anything that you do, you're in the spotlight. It's the same. It's the same thing as a player in the spotlight. Like for when the whole Kareem Hunt thing went down, like I was really disappointed. I was, but it's even if whatever take you have on it on the situation that with going talking about Kareem Hunt, whatever take you have, you still have to think. Why in the world would you be doing these type of things when you know there's cameras and there's in the hotels? Right. Same, same thing for. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he on pled, camera. He pled so, not guilty. So. Yeah, he pleaded. He pleaded not guilty. I. I don't think it. He'll probably get off. He'll probably. He'll probably. I need to stop phrasing it that way. He will. He'll probably not get <laughs> in trouble for it as much as he should. But I think he should have to step down. But. That's my opinion. What about you? Um, honestly, I really think it depends on on what the circumstances are. You know, they're uh, evidently they were bringing these girls over from Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, there were not exactly sure how many there were, but I do know there was fifteen hundred regular clients uh, that were coming in, and I think they released a That's list a of like, yeah, I know it's crazy. And the, the place wasn't even, I mean, Robert Kraft, if, if he really wanted to do that, could he have not just hired someone? I mean, I mean, really, yeah. what's the he's, deal? He's insanely rich. Why would he go to some, I think I saw somewhere it was like $59 for it is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's, I saw pictures of the building and it was some hole in the wall massage parlor in Jupiter, yeah. Florida. Like, yeah, it was, I don't know. it was pretty gross looking. I saw. So, I was reading. I read somewhere that the maximum fine that he could that he could get was uh, like uh, I, I can't remember. It was like five hundred. So anyway, five, whatever the number was, I can't remember the exact million. number. But it equated to like two dollars for like a normal person. So like no matter like the fine they give him, it's not going to affect him. He no, need, no. Giving him fines isn't the answer. He he needs to lose like lose power, like lose some type of ownership. Yeah. Like he's just fining him isn't going to do anything. Well. In terms of losing the power, I think it really just boils down to if he knew these girls were being sex trafficked, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh, I mean, that's absolutely. that's really where the line is drawn. If he's going in there and he's soliciting, you know, give him a fine. Yep. I don't know if jail time is necessary, but maybe some... I know the $500,000, that's the max fine from the NFL. Yep, that's what, they, that's they what, they can't, that's what they it can't, was. They can't go above that, and it's not a matter of... You know, 500000 is still 500000 I don't care if you have $10 billion or $10, right. you know, still a lot of money, even though it doesn't put it in his pockets. But like I said, I think it just boils down to if he knew or not, if he knew, then he, yeah, he with, with, de- with definitely with, uh, recently with all the sex, tra- sex trafficking things going on oh, and all yeah. of that, if he didn't know, then it's, I mean, it's still very weird, very weird situation to put yourself in yeah. if you're the owner of an NFL team. But if he did know, then yeah, that's there's just no excuse. There's no, no excuse. going back from that. Like if he, if yeah. he, if they find out, if they can prove that he knew that they were being sex trafficked, then 
I mean, he should be in prison. Like, or if, I, I mean, if he was given a money to make it happen or something, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, you know, he's buddy buddy with Roger Goodell, so who oh, yeah. who knows what's if where this is going to end up. Um, and then let's go to the question from Jared Orskog. Uh, he asked, "Would you rather have Justin Houston or D Ford?" Um, obviously that means Justin Houston on his current contract, whether it be restructured or not, and D Ford on the franchise tag or an extension. Um, the franchise tag, I believe is currently for outside linebackers. He would be making 15.67 million fully. Um, and then Justin Houston, I believe they can save about seven or eight million if they restructure him that would bring his cap number down to 13 million but obviously that pushes some money down the line um so who knows that might cause some issues um for 2020 especially with uh some other contracts we have giving up what, what do you think Ari? Justin um, Ford. i would be in my in my opinion i would take d ford the d ford situation over having houston i think that Houston, I think that D Ford has a higher ceiling than Houston at this point. I think mm-hmm. that D Ford is going to, uh, I mean, he's still fairly young. He's he's talked about how he was, you know, fine playing on the franchise tag there for this year, and that I mean, obviously he'll get paid at some point if he continues to produce like he did last year. Right. Um, I don't think that. I think Houston, as much as I hate to see him go, is probably gone already. Mm-hmm. Whether depending i I just don't think he'll i don't think he'll be back i don't i think that they'll free up cap space they'll want to free up cap space for younger players and i just don't think that i don't i don't think he's going to make the cut to be honest i think that d4 is the smarter option to go with with the franchise tag and just like moving forward as far as financially financial goes and age-wise yeah so i mean I, i pretty much agree with uh with it being d4 um like I said, with Houston, you can restructure him, you can cut him, or you can trade him. And I think the trade option really is the best route here. And, you know, the trade talks with Houston are heating up. I'm not sure what he's worth. Um, if he's traded, I believe the cap hit for the team acquiring him is about $14 million for million for 2020. Um, which isn't terrible. You know, the Chiefs eat a, eat a little bit of that with the trade. Um, so, I mean, that's not bad for a guy that's going to give you nine and a half sacks that maybe even has the potential, you know, to hit double digits, mid-double digits, I mean, 15, maybe 16 again uh, in his career right. if he's in the right system. Um, he has been relatively healthy over the past few years after the, the knee ligament issue. Uh, and then for D. Ford, I... I think he will be tagged, um, but he's 28 right now. You know, he'll be 29 at the end of next season. If you tag him, do you really want to make that contract a four-year deal at the age of 29? You know, this guy has back issues. He's had lower lumbar problems that have come back multiple times. I think he had the issue in 2015. Uh, and then he had it again last year, which actually ended his season in 2017. You know, D Ford had a great season. He led the league in pressures. Um, I think if it were me, uh, I would just 
I think I would give him the extension. I think I would give him the long term deal now. You know, if it's a three or four year deal, you know, at sixteen or seventeen million a year, um, I, I think that would work for me. You know, the contract would expire in twenty after the twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two season in that case. Um, you know, and then that's when that's when Mahomes big money, mm-hmm. you know, comes into play. And I think I think you need to have D Ford off the team by then, especially with you know, yeah. So you so you so in your so in your opinion you'd rather sign him now so so yeah. that they are already they already have all that going and they don't have to worry about having to give him big money later on at the same time as Mahomes essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, if you tag him, okay, so hypothetically, if you tag him and he goes on to have a great season, you know, if he duplicate duplicates the numbers that he had in 2018, you know, his his price is only going to go up if that happens. Right. Um, you can't tag him again because then it's going to be like 20 something million or 19 something million. You don't want to do that, especially since he'll now be a defensive end. Um, that's the rule. So if the player plays the majority of their snaps at a certain position and they become a free agent and you're planning to tag them, they have to be tagged at the position at which they play the majority of their snaps. So, um, or it might be 60, 40, something like that. Uh, I don't know if it's 50, 50, but you know that's that's a rough estimate of the rule there. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, his number can only go up. Uh, so I think I think you I think you just need to give him the extension now. You know, give him what he wants, and if if of course Spagnolo thinks you know he can work with D four because he's he's not exactly a fit at either defensive end position. Uh, for what Spagnolo has done in the past, so do you think his production will go? With you saying that, do you think his production will go down? His sack totals and pressure. Um, I mean, back in two thousand six and two thousand seven, you know, that's when Strahan, Strahan and OCU Minora, you know, they mm-hmm. had, you know, I think St- that was when Strahan had the twenty two and a half sack season or whatever. It was insane. You know, so I mean, I it's hard to predict because. In 2015 through 2017, he had Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul, and they weren't, you know, they weren't putting up huge sack numbers. Uh, I think they might have been in double digits, but I don't think Olivier Vernon was. So, I mean, honestly, JPP to... actually had a pretty decent year. Yeah, yeah, I think I think JPP might have had a decent year uh, before he blew off his hand. Yeah, but, yeah, with it. Uh, yeah, with his hand. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty sure Olivier Vernon was around like seven to nine sacks or something like that, and you know, they gave they gave big money to him. Yeah, they did. When when uh, Spagnolo came back, uh, so yeah, I think I think D Ford is the best option here. Uh, it's just a matter of how they decide to keep him. Um, Looking at the other side of it for for Houston, if uh, you did you talked about a potential trade, mm-hmm. I. I I've seen a lot of people talking about the Cardinals as a potential trade option. If you mm-hmm. were the Chiefs and the, you were trying to trade with the Cardinals, what what do you think that Houston's worth? What would you try to get from the Cardinals? I mean, I think he's worth, I think he's worth a mid round pick. Uh, it really depends. I, th- I would say a fourth or a fifth, maybe. You yeah. Could possibly work that up into the third if you get a couple people in a bidding war. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pass good to great pass rushers are hard to come by. Um, Justin Houston's he, Sutton had him dropping into coverage, you know, 120 times last oh, yeah. year. So obviously that's going to bring his sack numbers down. He had nine and a half sacks 
I believe, um, nine or nine I, and a half. And I think if Sutton if Sutton would have turned him loose, he would have had easily 13, oh, 14. Yeah, 13 or 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, which I think Sutton, I think Sutton really hurt us in that aspect. But I think I think Justin Houston's still valuable. I think he's a valuable player. You know, he's only got two years left on his deal at fourteen million, and then seventeen million for twenty twenty. Um, so I mean, that's really not that bad. You know, you yeah. said the Cardinals possibly, maybe we could pry Patrick Peterson away from him. Uh, maybe we could That'd do Justin awesome. Houston for or Justin Houston and maybe a fifth round pick for Patrick Peterson. You know, something like that. Yeah. I don't think the trade would be even Patrick Peterson's more valuable than Justin Houston, in my opinion, at this point. But uh, I, that's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, and I, I've i seen some people talking about how Houston's too old and that he's not worth much anymore. But I don't, I don't really agree with that. La- no, I was watching last year, even with um, with Sutton's defense, he, yeah. he still showed that if there's a mismatch, mismatch he's going to heal. Houston will take advantage of it. That game we oh, played sure. against the Broncos— when he had what three sacks? He had two sacks and a safety. He had even had a safety. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, yeah. that was a really good game. Like because that their guy was struggling. Their their offensive lineman was struggling the entire mm-hmm. game. But it just shows that he can still take it. He knows how to take advantage of, you know, situations, and he can still just fly right past people with like little moves that you wouldn't even understand what he did ha- like before it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think D four is the answer there. Yeah. Um, and then let's go to the next question from the Across State Lines podcast. They said, what is your podcast setup? <laughs> um, honestly, we bought the exact same thing. We went on Amazon and we bought the exact same kit. Um, you know, I got we just got a boom mic uh, with a condenser microphone or a boom stand with a condenser microphone and then a, a pop filter. Um and I just got it. That's a USB. It goes straight into my computer. It already has the same. Already has the same thing. Um, you know, and then I just got some headphones connected to it that I'm listening through right now. Um, yeah, and pretty then we, simple setup, honestly. Yeah, pretty simple. You know, cost us 55 bucks, so it's, it's nice to start out on at least. Um, and then we we uh, do our podcasts on Anchor, Anchor.com or Anchor.fm, something like that. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's worked out all right so far. You know, uh, we were having some trouble uh, trying to get us both on the same podcast, but you know, this is our first day, so we'll yeah, try still to still working still working through stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still working through stuff. Neither of us have ever done anything like this, so but I think we're doing all right. You know. Yeah, it'll it'll all get better with time. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and so moving on to the uh, Eric Berry and Justin Houston contract situations. Uh, we kind of discussed that uh, with in Jared's question, uh, but mm-hmm. as for Eric Berry, man, he is one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best safety in the league, when he's on the field. And I would hate to see him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, financially, I don't think it's worth it to let him go. I think I think Eric Berry is. You save nine million by cutting him June first, and for anybody that doesn't know, you can designate a guy as a June first cut prior to June first. You can designate him as a June first cut now, but you don't get the money until June first. So that doesn't that doesn't help us throughout free agency. That nine million that we receive right. by cutting Eric Berry, 
and, and you can't trade him because it's the exact same situation. Uh, monetarily, it's it's exactly the same. Um, so unless I mean, and I, I don't really think he has any trade value. He's missed the past two seasons almost entirely. The big the big asterisk asterisk is he's the be- one of the best safeties in the league mm-hmm. when he's healthy when he's on the field. Yeah. The problem the problem being is that he hasn't been able to stay on the it's field. Never on the field. Whether the Chiefs fans go back and forth on Twitter, on social media all the time, whether what to do with Barry. I think a lot of them, it's it's some it's an emotional attachment to Barry. I mean, he his story is obviously amazing. Going through mm-hmm. having going beating cancer, coming back. I I agree with you that it's probably just not. It's you don't really save that much money. Uh, just releasing him or you know trading him or anything because like you said you don't get that money you don't the reason that everybody wants to to get rid of him is so we can get newer players get another safety but you can't use that in free agency unless i mean you don't have the money by then so right you you can't use that it's not going to benefit you so and you're just losing one of the best safeties in the league and potentially you know what i mean well not to mention that um even if you were to cut Barry now or prior to free agency, you go into free agency with the only two cornerback or only two safeties on your roster being Eric Murray and Armani Watts. Armani Watts hasn't played, and Eric Murray hasn't been very good. Uh, he's shown flashes, but he's not he's not great, you know. And and Jordan Lucas is a restricted free agent, pretty much a guarantee that he will be back unless somebody gives him an offer sheet. Um, but I don't I don't see that happening. And Jordan Lucas was pretty good as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, man. Oh, and Sorensen. I forgot about Sorensen. Yeah. Course. He and, yeah. But I, th- I think he's going to be cut anyway. Yeah. Um, so, man, I think financially and for football reasons, you have to keep Barry on the roster for another season. Um, I think, I think you just have to keep him around. You know, he was up in... I think it was Ohio or something like that with Dr. Andrews. And they decided that, that surgery wasn't necessary. And I, I understand how frustrating that is for Chiefs fans because you just want him back. And either you want him back or you want him gone. I get it. Uh, and you think, but I don't, I don't think, I think the doctor knows, you know, Andrews a foot and ankle or specialist or whatever he is. And I think he knows. I mean, maybe a little more than, Random Chiefs fans on Twitter. Right, and I, I think they're forming their opinion off of emotion, which is fine. That's what sports is about. Um, but the Haglund's deformity, it is a very tricky situation if you're trying to surgically repair it. Um, often, what happens is the bone spur is on the back of the hill, basically at the base of the Achilles, and it rubs on the Achilles when you run or bend your foot or whatever. Um, and it causes irritation and inflates... Uh, causes inflammation on the bursa um, and the bursa can rupture um, and the main issue here is, is if he has surgery they have to go in and they have to take the achilles or at least part of the achilles off from where it's anchored to the heel and if they do that that means they have to reattach it that's basically like having another achilles repair he could he could be out for another year yeah. so especially if there's any complications like there was this past time and given that he's gone through six or eight months of chemo, you know, there's no telling how his body is going to continue to react 
to these major surgeries. It, wear, it wears uh, you down. It wears you down. It does. Um, yeah. So, man, I I just think I think you have to keep I think you have to keep Barry around for one, at just one more year. Um, I I agree with that. I also just sorry, not trying to cut you off. I no, think that uh, keeping him around and then if. I think we're, we'll still draft a safety. Like, I oh, don't yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's no reason that... Or at least sign one have, in free agency. Yeah, there's no reason... Yeah, or sign... If 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 you get, say, one from the draft, and it's, it's a young guy who comes in, I don't think there's really a better safety you can learn from than Eric Berry. I don't think there's a better... Uh, one. He's a great leader. I think that oh, yeah. he would, you know, teach him how to do things the right way. And, you know, everybody on the team loves Barry. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to be... He'd be a great mentor to... When Barry, if Barry can only play one more year, then he needs to go. Then he's, you know, groomed this next safety. Hope, hopefully, we 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 get a good one. And I, I mean, I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you can find any fault with that with him, with mm-hmm. him te- teaching this new safety how to do things. Yeah, and I think if you can restructure him or get him to take a pay cut somehow, um, I think that would be ideal. Uh, you can push some money down the line there and lower the cap number for for 2019 and and maybe add a impact player in free agency um, with that money that you save on Justin Houston and Eric Berry. Uh, you know, give give Patrick Mahomes something to work with on defense because yep. he didn't have much to work with last season. So have the and defense then, stay on the field for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then. For Justin Houston, we just talked about him. You know, we both think he's gone. Uh, whether it's trade or being released, I, I think he's gone. Period. You know, fourteen million is a lot of money to save, and uh, we we aren't exactly have a cap friendly situation going into the off season this year. I think we have twenty seven, twenty eight yep, million, something million. like that. So, I mean, Houston, Houston will darn near you know, add a third. It, that is a third. And he'll, you know, add a third to that yep. uh, number. So, um, I think if you, if you cut, I think if you cut a few guys, you can get close to 50, get to close, yeah. to, get close to 50 million. If you, I, I, a couple guys that I think that you could see go, or like we talked about Sorensen already. Mm-hmm. Sorensen and Eric Murray, I think could go. If we keep Murray, Barry, maybe Xavier Williams is another guy that could go. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about a, that? On Xavier Williams, I think he had a decent year. Um, I think they saved like two point something million uh, by releasing him this year. But I, I think he had a decent year. You know, he had forty something, forty seven tackles or something like that. I think he had a career high in uh, in run stops. Uh, had two and a half sacks, I think. Uh, playing situationally, I mean, he lost the starting position to Derek Naughty, which is, yep. you know, that's I mean that's actually good that Derek Nottie has already progressed and I think he's going to be a great player, but I, th- I think you have to keep Xavier Williams on the roster. Uh, yeah. you know, he's got one year left on his contract and you know, he can be the backup, you know, one tech or, or, you know, if they go into a jumbo package on rundowns or something on, you know, third and short, uh, they put Xavier Williams in there and put, you know, Chris Jones out at end. And, um, I mean, that just gives them a boost in the run game. Yep. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see the incentive of, of cutting Xavier Williams because you're going to have to go add another defensive tackle regardless. Um, and, yeah, so 
Uh, I think I think Xavier Williams stays sticks around. You know, he's a Kansas City guy. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be completely opposed to releasing him. I get, you know, save $2.5 million by doing it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you're going to have to replace that player. And I don't, I don't believe in cutting players just to replace them, especially whenever they were actually okay. Um, so let's go ahead and transition into the Chris Jones, Tyree Kill, and Kendall Fuller contract extensions. Do you think we'll bring all three back? I think that uh, I think that Chris Jones will be back. I think Tyreek Hill will be back. The wh- I think that Kendall Fuller will probably be back as well. I think that if any of them were not going to be back, that it would be Kendall Fuller. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that for for any you know. I think that if like we talked about, if we. I think that Tyreek Hill will get a, you know, he'll probably get his money, get his money soon. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you can, I don't think you can do too much hard bargaining with Tyreek Hill. I think he's so valuable to our team. I think Chris Jones is the anchor of the defense. He's the, you know, the guy that gets everybody, gets them motivated, gets them going. I th- obviously, he's talented. He is a, he's a beast. He's huge. As far as Kendall Fuller, uh, I think he played pretty. I think he played okay last year. I I, I had a little. I think I had a little higher expectations just yeah, because so of the way he played with the Redskins in the last season when he was yeah. in the slot. Um, but I don't know. I don't think he played terrible. I think that our again. I think that Sutton had things set up not. And in the best way for for any of the defensive mm-hmm. players, really. Yeah. But I think that if you keep Fuller, or if if you extend Fuller, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But I also don't know. I think that if any of them weren't going to be extended, it would be Fuller. Yeah. So I actually uh, wrote an article for Chiefs Blitz, uh, which is now NFL Fan Blitz, um, actually on Chris Jones and Tyree Kill's uh, extensions. Uh, so the rule is they have to be on their rookie deal for three years. After three years, they are eligible to receive an extension. Um, it's up to the team to trash that fourth year um, or keep the fourth year on their contract, uh, which usually they don't trash it. Usually they keep it on there and then just prorate the money um, after that. But my predictions were Chris Jones, six years, million with 71 million guaranteed and Tyreek Hill at five years, 93.8 million with 68 million guaranteed. And those contracts would not begin until 2020. Um, And those numbers sound huge. um, And they would actually, I believe put them in the top three. The Tyreek Hill contract might put him over Odell Beckham for the highest paid wide receiver. Um, Yeah. It'd be in and that range for sure. Chris Jones, I believe, would put him in the top three of pass rushers, I believe. But, um, you know, the money just goes up. Chris Jones had, I mean, seriously, 15 sacks playing from a position that has never really produced sacks in Sutton's system. So, 
I mean, Chris Jones was just a man among boys out there. And then Tyreek Hill, obviously, we know he's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Over 1,400 yards. He's got, like, some insane amount of touchdowns over the past three seasons. Um, and I, I think, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in, in touchdowns among pass catchers uh, over and the he last has, three seasons. He led the league in deep ball yards. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He's just a freak. And, and the connection between him and Mahomes is only going to get better. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with that being said on those two guys, um, I don't think Kendall Fuller will receive an extension this offseason, um, but I think he will be brought back. Uh, how much, I'm not exactly sure, because, I mean, he was a little bit underwhelming in 2018, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think I mean, I think he's a $10 million player, depending on if he sticks in the slot or if he, if he goes outside. Um, it really just depends on where where they keep him, but you know he's a, he's a baller, man. He went out there with the club. He had the cast on his hand and picked yep. off a pass in the playoffs. Was it against the Colts or was it in the regular season? I don't remember. Uh, I don't. I I can picture it in my mind, but I don't remember yeah. what team it was against. Yeah, I don't remember. It was in it was in the end zone. He picked off a yep. big interception with a cast on his hand. So yeah, Kendall Fuller is. I'm interested to see what what uh, Spagnuolo will do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he'll if he'll make him better, you know, better than better than Sutton did. I, I think whew. I'd probably go out on a limb and say he will. Yeah, I, I'll hope so. Yeah. Uh, now let's let's move on to the combine and the draft. Um, the combine's going on right now as we speak. Either the running backs are running their forties as we speak, or they're about to. I was watching the offensive linemen earlier, and I'll tell you what. Man, Garrett Bradbury, the center from North Carolina State, he is the best center prospect I have seen since Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick is pretty much unanimously the best center in the league, uh, with uh, Jason Kelsey being a close second, mm-hmm. at least for me. Um, and, and Bradbury, he is a stud. You know, he, I think he played, he played three different positions. He went from like tight end or something to defensive line to offensive line. Um, and it, it really shows the, the guy is as athletic as it gets, you know, playing at over 300 pounds. He's a little undersized, just under six, three, but man, he's fantastic. And if Mitch Morse walks, Garrett Bradbury is a guy that we could take a look at in the first round. Yeah. And I hate to say that because, you know, it's not a sexy pick. Offensive line is not a sexy pick in the first round. Um, especially whenever you have so many holes on defense, but man, that guy is, he's, he's going to be, you know, he'll, he'll be a 10 time pro bowler. And that's, that's just the type of guy he's, he'll end up being, but, um, you'd hate to see Mitch Morse go as well, just cause he's been such a stud, but he's going to be getting, he's going to get paid real soon by, yeah, by somebody. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see that as well. Um, you know, he has been through a lot of concussions. Um, and I'm not sure what that's going to have, what kind of effect that's going to have on his value. Because with this last concussion, he missed several games. And when you miss several games with a concussion, that's never good. That's no, nope. I mean, that's never a good sign. Um, so, I mean, Morse could be gone. Uh, and if he is, I would love to see Bradbury replace him. Uh, and then obviously we have to go defense for the rest of the draft. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, 
I mean, moving on to team needs, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, we need, you know, linebackers, either a Sam and a Will linebacker. Uh, if Dorian O'Daniel can't effectively fill that Will position, um, I think it'd still be good to draft a guy to back up O'Daniel uh, and let him compete. Uh, we probably need one to two corners in the draft. Uh, we definitely need a safety. All of this depending upon what we do in free agency, obviously. Um, and then I would like to see them add a running back. I don't... Ari, you know where I stand on running backs. They don't matter. Yep. I am a long-standing believer in that. You know, Kareem Hunt got cut. Everybody was freaking out. You know, oh, we're going to miss playoffs now. Oh, we're not going to get the first seed and all this in the AFC. And then Damian Williams went on a tear an absolute yep. tear the last six games of the season that he played that was including playoffs he had 10 touchdowns six games 10 touchdowns yep. and he was more productive than cream hunt was in in any six games of his career yeah. arguably i so, think that i think that cream hunt uh, i mean has a little more talent talent wise oh, than i sure. think he has a higher ceiling than david yeah. i think everybody would agree on that yeah but the system that we put him in i think that I don't. I think running backs always seem to succeed with with Reed. I I, th- I don't think that. I think you plug up almost any running back in there, and they're gonna go off. I th- I don't. Not that I'm undermining Damien's success at all, because I think he's a good running back. But that I'm just agreeing with your point that running backs shouldn't be taken that high in the draft. In my and either of our opinions. Yeah, I think I think if they were to take one in round one or two, um, I would certainly be pretty frustrated. Um, round three isn't too early, you know, um, depending on how the board falls. If a guy like Daryl Henderson or David Montgomery is there, Montgomery is a beast. Yeah. I think, I think they are fantastic running backs and they have the hands, the uh, receiving ability to play in this offense for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they can be real weapons. You know, Daryl Henderson is just, he came in a little bit short at the combine, um, but he actually came in heavier than I expected. I didn't think he'd be over 205, and he was, which is which is nice. Um, and then David Montgomery, you know, he's at as advertised. Oh. Those are those are two of my favorite guys. Josh Jacobs is probably my favorite, but he's going to be long gone before we need a run. Yeah. So Mon- Montgomery, I, I, I've had a chance uh, being here at Iowa. I've had a chance mm-hmm. to see him go up against us because he plays for Iowa State, obviously, mm-hmm. and the minute you think you have him down he'll just oh. you know, do a little little turn and then he'll just be yeah. off the races again he's just like a he's just like a pinball he'll just keep bouncing from defender to defender and he's hard to bring down he's he's not tall he's a like pretty he's honestly not a huge dude i mean he's i think he's five ten but he's not tall he's not like a huge tall dude he's he'll just go just right through you like a it kind of reminds me of uh tolbert in a way remember yeah uh, mike tolbert uh, in a few ways, he's a little he's a little quicker than Tolbert, but he's uh, and a little more elusive. But it's he'll he'll go right through you, or he can he can go around you too. He's he's going to be a salt a good solid back, and he can catch, which is yeah. always a huge plus. Yeah, yeah, I see I see what you're saying there. Um, and and Montgomery, man, he actually kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Uh, to an extent, I mean, the guys are just hard to bring down. They have fantastic balance uh in in my opinion that is pretty much the most important uh aspect to a running backs game is balance and vision uh 
you got to see the hole, and if you get hit, you got to stay up, period. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's our needs for the draft. Uh, also, wide receiver and tight end. Um, won't talk much on there because, you know, it's not a huge need, but it is something I wouldn't mind adding. Um, I think I think we could use either a slot wide receiver, um, a guy like Hunter Renfro maybe at the the later rounds from Clemson. Um, yeah, and then I think we need to take a flyer on a tight end in the in the you know five through seven as well. Um, you know because I mean with Demetrius Harris likely gone, we have one tight end or two tight ends I guess. Kelsey and Dion Yelder, which I mean, I think I think we need a backup there. Somebody, somebody yeah. for to develop under Kelsey. You know, he's getting older, and I think it'd be nice to have a another weapon at that. What position. do you think of Fant or Hawkinson? Uh, I like Fant better than Hawkinson. I'm in the minority there, I think. But no, uh, no I agree. Yeah, I, I I see a lot of people putting Hawkinson as a top 15 pick, and I just I don't I don't see it. He uh. Fant has Hawkinson probably has a higher floor, uh, but I think Fant has a much higher ceiling. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they're not going to be around for us to pick anyway. But uh, those are right. two guys that are that are pretty intriguing that will probably go in the first round. So. Yeah, a Fant from Fant's obviously an IO guy, and I was just watching him, and. He's just he's a stud. Like he'll he'll make plays, and uh, sometimes people will say I, I really haven't seen that much from him. But that's you also have to take into account who is throwing to him. He's okay, but he'll like easy passes that should be going to Fan every time. They didn't even mm-hmm. target him as much as they should. Yeah, he'll overthrow him all the time. I don't know how you overthrow Noah Fan, but he was mm-hmm. doing it. But yeah. I just I think that once if Fan gets a quarterback that wants to throw to him and will go to him in the red I think he'll be a monster in the mm-hmm. red in red zone targets. I think that I, I would take him over Hawkinson just because of his, his size. Even alone, just size alone and I think that he has a much higher ceiling than Hawkinson does. Yeah. Well yeah we'll 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 dive into the combine and the draft a little bit more um on next week's episode. Uh when all of that is is over with and then that's whenever you really start gearing up for the draft. Um, so we'll dive into that a little deeper next week. Um, Sounds good. Now for free agency. Um, man, if Landon Collins isn't tagged, I would love to have Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't want to overpay him. But obviously in 2016, Landon Collins was a candidate for defensive player of the year. Not, he wasn't a rookie. Not, that was 2015. He was a candidate for best defensive player in the league in 2016. Um, I, I think he was in the top five for the majority of the season. He was an absolute stud under Spagnolo. He did everything. He rushed the passer. I was watching some highlights the other day. He jumped over two offensive linemen. There was a guy. He jumped over the center, and then a guard had fallen down. He jumped over both of them and sacked the quarterback. I don't remember who it was, but... The guy, the guy is just, man, he's a stud. I think he'd be a real spark plug for this defense. And if Barry is healthy, you put Barry at free safety, you put Collins at strong safety, 
and you have the best safety tandem in the league. I mean, the best safety oh, yeah. tandem since Chancellor and Earl Thomas. So, uh, what what do you think outside of safety? Uh, what what's a guy that you'd like to target, Ori? Outside of safety, yeah. Uh, I I think that you could target some corner some cornerbacks would be would be decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Buster Screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's 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 a decent. He's I mean there and then there's Brett Grimes would be a I think mm-hmm. would be a decent target for cornerback. Uh, yeah. Those two guys. Um, yeah. Let's see who else. Who else would I? Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know. I I think that if going back going back to the safety position, if you don't take Collins, I still think that Earl Thomas is interesting. Like I know I know that I don't know what you know what's all gonna how it's all gonna play out with him and his injury, but I don't know. I think that we were really close to having him last year. Mm-hmm. I think that he would be. Oh, he's obviously a badass. I, I yeah. don't know. I, if you don't take Collins, I think he would be a good second choice. Yeah, I think I think if Collins ends up getting tagged, uh, and the Chiefs don't have you know the option to go after him, uh, I think they will target Darby at corner. You know, he's yeah, that's he's a good the, one. he would immediately be the best corner on the team, uh, in. Another thing is that would really open up some options for you in the draft. You know, uh, you could probably draft another corner early, even if you get Darby. Um, and then after that, uh, you could maybe draft one in the later rounds uh, for for depth. But and I think that one uh, a good sleeper a sleeper pick. It I could be biased being from Iowa, but I think Amani Hooker could mm-hmm. drop. And I think he'd he's going to be a stud. I really yeah. do think he's going to. Yeah, be that good. yeah he'd be a, he actually. Amani Hooker kind of reminds me of Armani Watts. Um, yeah. They have a similar skill set. Uh, I think Hooker might be a little bit better in coverage than Watts was, um, but they're they're similar players. Um, and then also, I believe free agency starts next week, uh, next Wednesday. So uh, when that heats up, we'll definitely have have more on y'all, more on that for y'all um on next week's episode um so that's that's it for free agency right now um and then uh, just around the nfl real quick antonio brown situation where do you think he'll end up ari antonio brown i think he could end up with the 49ers i think that mm-hmm. that's probably where, if i could predict where he'd go and i think 49ers i've seen I, i've seen people say the jets i don't really know if that's the best fit I've also seen that's also we're going to talk about like Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell could go to the Jets as well. But I don't know. If I was to guess, I'd say he could go maybe to maybe to the Browns. The Browns are always, you Mm -hmm. know, that that, that's an up and coming team. I think that. Yeah. And, you know, John Dorsey likes acquiring controversial players. So (laughs) Baker to Brown would be kind of a, a kind of a fun tandem to watch. Yeah, you know, with Jarvis Landry there. I think I think those guys are I think they're pretty good friends. I I'm not sure. Um Antonio Brown and Jarvis Landry, so that could be an interesting option. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously it's going to be somebody with, you know, ridiculous amounts of cap space. Yeah. Um and then uh Le'Veon Bell. Uh like you said the Jets. Um you know, the Browns were my favorite to land Le'Veon Bell, but I, that's not going to happen anymore. Now that they no. signed Kareem Hunt, um, man, I, I really don't know. Uh, 
I don't know. This it's just such a tough, tough situation because I don't I don't believe in running backs. At, like I said earlier, and uh, the drop off. I mean, the Steelers had Bell, and they basically said, "Okay, fine, sit out a year." You know, and James Conner immediately became one of the best running backs in the league. You know, and yep. uh, James Conner was a mid round pick, I think third round, fourth round, something like that, and he immediately matched Le'Veon Bell's production. So, um, I don't think he's going to get what he wants. I don't. I don't think he's going to get... What's up? I think that another a spot for, for Bell would be the Colts, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. Colts... Like he'd go to the Colts. Yeah, they have, a lot of, they have a lot of room. Yeah, tons of room. I think they have over 100,000 or 100 million in cap space. Yeah, so. I think they might be number one, if, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So Colts, Colts and Jets, man, I think those are the top two options as it stands now. We'll see who wants to dive into that that ever-changing running back market. Uh, and now all the controversy surrounding the number one pick and Josh Rosen. Uh, with Cliff Kingsbury now in Arizona, would you rather have Kyler Murray or Josh Rosen as your quarterback going forward? Mm. Well, I've seen that the Cardinals say that the Cardinals have came out and said that they're not going to be taking Murray, that that Josh Rosen's their guy. I'm not buying so, it. You're not buying it? Nope. Okay. Well, if you're if you're not buying it and you're going to say that they're going to have both or you could pick. Um I don't know. I that's kind of that's a tough one because I think that I'm not sure how Murray I don't I'm not sure how Murray's going to do in the NFL. I don't know. I I really Josh Rosen hasn't been a star for sure. I I wouldn't say that that in any way. I don't think he had the best year. I don't think he is going to be terrible. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that he's going to be the next Carson Palmer of Arizona, but I I don't know. I I think that I think I might stick with Rosen. I think I might, I might give him a, a chance. I don't know. I think that you, have already committed to Rosen and that you've said that that's your guy publicly. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think they'll take Murray. I, I assume that you have an opposite view on it. Yeah. Um, you know, Kingsbury, obviously he was Mahomes' coach and Murray actually has a very similar skill set to Mahomes. You know, the size isn't obviously is a huge difference. Um, but you know those crazy arm slots, the escapability, um, the vision, all of that. Kyler Murray has it. And growing up in DFW, I was around Kyler Murray. I watched him win. I think three. It was either three or four state championships. He either won it every single year, or three years. But I don't. He never lost a game. Like the kid is just. He's just a winner. I don't care that he's five five ten and one eighth inch. He's half an inch shorter than Russell Wilson, and I, you know, I would I would take him first overall, uh, and I would just let uh, Kingsbury get to work on him. Uh, and then moving on, last few things real quick: um, the AEF American or Alliance of American Football. Me and Ari are actually both San Diego Fleet fans, <laughs> and. 
after week one, they were not very good. They looked like uh, they're going to be the worst team in the league. Yeah, they were they were horrible. The quarterback situation was horrible. And then uh, weeks two and three, the running back, man, that running mm-hmm. back is like a little pinball too. You know, he's doc. You're talking about Mike Tolbert. He's similar to that guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think that the quarterback play is still not great for the, for the fleet, but I think that they are they're going to start uh, become a very ground heavy team because of mm-hmm. that. And I think that they'll. I don't think that they're going to be great this year at all. I think they'll probably be pretty average. Probably you know I'd say probably five around five hundred. Mm-hmm. It, but it, which is way better than it looked at the very beginning. I think that I think that at the beginning, after that first game, I was like, "Oh wow, we're really the worst team." That cause the, yeah. the, Le- the Atlanta Legends have kind of taken that role now, but yeah. uh, it's still. It's, I think it's still. I think it's really. I think it's fun to watch. I don't. Yeah. Go ahead. It's it's definitely getting better. Um, uh, it's definitely improved from week one. Uh, it is something to watch, you know. And I think it's going to get better next season when. Guys that fail to make NFL rosters immediately after the offseason, they're not going to go to the practice squad. Or maybe the NFL has some type of thing where they can play both. Um, so, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and that's that's about it for today. Um, so, we will be back with you guys on Friday. I'm Grant. Is I'm Maury. And that's uh, week one of Arrowhead Live. Thank you for listening, guys, and uh, congrats to Sharon and Nick on the T-shirts. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. See you later.